Hey everybody, what's going on? I'm Adam, the Reluctant Vegan Son, and this is episode number 23 of the Reluctant Vegan Son. I am joined by my mother, Nikki Nairn, and wonderful human being, as we talk about my birthday, which is upcoming on Wednesday. The U.S. is also in the midst of a presidential election that could define a lot of things in the future. So, yeah, we talk about our feelings there. When this was recorded, it wasn't decided yet. It looks like Biden's going to win. And we also talk about Oregon passing a law that's going to decriminalize almost all possession of drugs. Selling definitely is illegal there. And we talk about our feelings. Hope you enjoy. Before quarantine, I was on spring break in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was drinking. I was smoking. Don't catch me, FBI. I was living life. I thought I had a great time. I was eating a shit ton of fast food. Quarantine hit. I came home. My family is vegan. I became the reluctant vegan son. This is my podcast talking with my friends and family about food, veganism, all types of things, whatever the fuck comes up, and I love it. So, hit the music. Hey everybody, what is up and welcome to episode number 24 now, I think, of the Reluctant Vegan Sun. Uh, Are you sure it's 24 and not 23? I think it's 24. No, no, it's 23. I have it as 23. Episode 23. (laughs) We're just doing so well at putting them out every week that it's hard to keep track of how many amazing episodes we have. It is pretty amazing. Like, how many months is this now? Yeah, that would be uh, 23. It's almost six. Almost, Almost half a year. Six months. Wow. Almost half a year. And we're wow. up to over 500 view, total views. So, you know. Wow. Yeah, That's it's gone awesome. really well. Yeah. yeah. Of course. You just keep going. Yeah, keep oh. going. I mean, 30 seconds in, like and review if you uh, do enjoy our podcast. But totally. I'm here with uh, Nikki Naredin again. And so excited. I'm his to mom. Be my mom. <laughs> And, uh, who I'm now the official guest, like weekly guest. Thank you. I've I never said that. that I told never me that. said that. You said. I said. I said we might have the possibility to have maybe you do, we do a once a week thing and then other guests will be supplementary. Oh, so you'll put out a bonus episode. I'll put so, out bonus episodes. I don't, what I heard, episodes. what I heard is that, that is, I that, am going to be the weekly guest, but you're that saying it's a possibility. I'm saying it's a likelihood. Yes. <laughs> But I'm saying there will be other people on the show. And they could be a bonus guest, but I think that I've worked my way in, you know, because of my persistence and wonderful demeanor into the show weekly. You could say persistence, but (laughs) I don't know about working your way into the show weekly yet. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) I keep trying. Anyway, so, yeah, it's uh, Saturday, the 7th. Wow. Mm. It's late in the year. So 2020 is almost over. Yeah, post-election. I know, post-election right now. Yeah. And yeah. we still have an idea. It looks like it looks like Biden's getting the nominee. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I am a hopeful person. It's looking like it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be a bunch of court challenges, so we won't know like the, he, the entire outcome for another week, probably, oh, at least. I'm not I mean, worried. they're going to recount this point it's out of our hands we can't really do anything and just hope for the best that's so, true that's really true like yeah. if somebody wants to throw a tantrum mm-hmm. you know then they can throw a tantrum and still you know the votes tell itself mm-hmm. 
So anyway. yeah, I mean, it's interesting that it's close, and the popular vote has a difference of four million, which is a lot. Yeah, but, no, it's it was you know, I mean, the popular vote was one last time as well. This whole yeah. electoral college thing is just really, really wacky, and mm-hmm. you know, came in early on, you know, after the Civil War, in order to keep the southern states and the middle no, states thought, kind of happy. I thought it came in when I, with the. Is that when the electoral college came in? Because I was thinking about, uh, I thought it might have been in the Constitution because of uh, because smaller states wanted more rights. I, I thought it was definitely post, you know, post, post the, Civil War. Yeah, you know, just to make sure that the southern states in particular felt like they had more of a count and just to appease them and keep them as part of huh. the... You know, that's, I thought that's it was, what I thought, but I thought it was I'm part of was it the Connecticut Compromise, the one with uh, the two senators, the, for each state. I think it's the yeah. Connecticut Compromise. It might be. It might not be. I I, not be I might not know jack shit. <laughs> All I know is that it's probably steeped in racism, just to make some people less, you know, yeah. powerful than others. <laughs> the Connecticut Compromise was what large and small states reached during mm. the Constitutional Convention. Mm. What year was that? 1787. Wow. Yeah. Uh huh. And mm. we're still letting that doctrine off. <laughs> so that's cool. Even Anyways, it's, four million more people want this person. That's pretty wild. Yep. yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a stressful time, but that doesn't mean is there anything new and good going on right now? I, I mean, I'm not feeling you. particularly stressed, but um, you're not. A lot of people seem to be. Yeah. You know, I just. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, what is uh, Brene Brown, who is a, you know, a self-help, you know, philosopher, writer, just wonderful person. She talks about strong back, soft front, wild heart. The mm-hmm. strong back meaning, you know, keep courage, but stay the soft front, stay vulnerable, open, you know, allow for different ideas to come in. Generally, people come up with a very defended front. You know, and a defended mm-hmm. front just keeps things closed down kind of to make up for, you know, a weak back or a lack of courage. So mm. I'm really just trying to stay like strong to my beliefs, you know, with an open heart and a certain vulnerability. And then that wild heart just makes me like keep trying to do what I think is right as opposed to just trying to fit in. Hmm. So anyway, yeah. but the new and good is that uh, it's beautiful here in New York. I mean, the it weather is. is absolutely gorgeous. And Global warming. <laughs> well, if that's global warming, then I might as well just enjoy the benefit at the moment because I have no choice here. I mean, I think um, I feel like I'm doing everything I can related to global mm-hmm. warming, and at least to you know do my my small part. But uh, but I went for a run this morning and mm-hmm. stretched and came home, and I'm podcasting with you, which is always great. It's good. Yeah, the weather's been beautiful. It's a, it's really nice up here too. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Adam's in New Paltz. I'm in New Paltz. Yeah. I'm in New Paltz. That's about two hours upstate of New York, though. If you call it upstate, a lot of people get really mad. <laughs> what do they think upstate is? Uh, past Albany. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So you guys and, are still a suburb? Like, what are they thinking? I don't know. Just middle state, maybe. <laughs> I mean, because if you look based on landmass in New York, it's not in the upper half of the state. That's for sure. Mm, mm. Actually, Ulster County is the only, one of the few upstate counties that voted Democratic. So, oh, oh that's so interesting. Blue in the last election, yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, it's interesting. The U.S. I mean, it's more worldwide. I think how it's less. It's more rural versus city than state versus state. 
Mm. I mean, it is state versus state, but a lot of times, even in heavily Republican states, cities tend to lean a little more liberal. It might not be blue, but it's going to be more Democratic leaning than other parts. Why do you think, like, why do you think the rural part of the country ends up voting Uh, more conservatively in that way? I I don't know. I don't, I mean, if you had to guess, if I had to guess, yeah, because this, I have, we're not I have, saying I don't know anymore. Like, there's a reason why. There's a reason why people like. Yeah, we're not saying I don't know anymore. Right. I I guess pe- people their Democrats don't tell you. I think what they want to do or what people want to hear necessarily or what they mm. want to do, mm. and it requires a little bit. And when somebody like Donald Trump comes along and it sounds like he's promising the world to these people when he doesn't actually do it, it takes the effort and the research to do that. And I think rural societies have been more sheltered through all the past history of um, with racism. Like they've stayed together. Like I'm not say calling people rural people racist. I'm sure that some of them are not, a lot of them are not, but it seems to be that rural communities tend to live in the past more. Maybe it's might not be as advanced and some older ideas might still hold strong. Oh, that's Possibly. so interesting. So it's more like a communal I, I might, yeah, continuing an idea. It might be a continuing an idea. It might be mm. like you get if you get your information from here and you don't let and you don't get information from other places, it's a possibility. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm I, I I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the way that, you didn't say I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> like I'm gonna I figure it out. <laughs> I can't have like I don't have definite answers i have ideas i think that also the democratic party is not candidates aren't necessarily as inspiring not saying donald trump's inspiring to me but he's inspired a lot of people i mean he's definitely different yeah people were looking something different different that's why Mm -hmm. i was so confused as to why they picked biden you know i mean what ended up Uh, happening because the democratic democratic party seems to want to push through candidates that will support the democratic party's best interests that's the issue a lot of my friends and a lot of people have at Democratic Party and Republican Party is that it feels like it's two sides of the same coin. A lot, right, it's a lot probably it. true. I mean, but Biden definitely looks like another side of the same coin. Like, I feel like, exactly. you know, my hand was forced to vote for Biden because I wasn't clearly going to vote for Trump, but I didn't like Biden. Like, you know, yeah. I've, I've heard about, you know, kind of racist policies and tendencies that you know, he's perpetrated before. He's a very, you know, somewhat he has conservative. Sexual as well. Yeah, I, I mean, like, he, it, he's the most uninspiring person I know. And still, I was forced to vote for him. I was like, really? This is I, the best you got? To be honest, my fear is mm-hmm. that in, right now, the Senate looks like it's remaining Republican, which means people just wanted to get Trump out because they don't think he's a good leader. Mm-hmm. It depends on, I mean, if you have a Republican that cares more about the coronavirus, maybe they vote for Biden. They care more about them. If they care care more about issues if they're only care because it seemed like the main reason people were voting for donald trump was the economy right and for some reason people think the economy is really tied to the president when it's not really proven that it is so oh and tell me about that Uh, what do you mean exactly it's just not as tied to the presidency as people think it is oh wow is what i've read i don't remember exactly what i'm saying but i've heard this from a lot of places Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be entirely wrong if you want to give <laughs> examples, but uh, also the deficit's higher than ever, and Republicans love talking about the deficit when uh, Democrats are in the office. I mean, but, but it's crazy. Like, how big is the deficit? The now? deficit like- is huge, and this was before the coronavirus. It's not like coronavirus deficit. It's not like the coronavirus uh, plan. The 
COVID relief plan is what made the deficit so low. No, mm. it's not that at all. Mm. But, uh, but people aren't voting for Democrats across the ticket, uh, which means may and if the Senate, which because people are wary of the Democratic Party, which is true. I mean, maybe they convinced a lot of people that it's basically communism, which A, isn't true, and B, the other side is leaning towards a more authoritarian. Mm, like and, a dictator? Yeah. Like a dictator? Yeah. Uh, a lot of, it seems <laughs> That's pretty scary. That's going, like which fascism. I think is scary. I yeah. think that communism is not a scary concept, but I think in actuality, the way it's worked in the world, it has failed miserably. Yeah, but they don't even call it As communism. They're calling it socialism, which I find so fascinating. Which it isn't so even socialism. scared of the word socialism. And I mean, it's we've not got socialism. socialized schooling. We've got socialism. I mean, we've got so much socialism in this country. Mm-hmm. Socialized it's, government. It's not even socialism. <laughs> it's democratic socialism. Socialism is a... It's, a, it's an economic concept, right? It's not even a way to, it's not a way to govern. It's not a thing. It's that government funding provides a lot of programs for people, right? Social programming. Social right. programming, mm-hmm. which it provides the funding. It doesn't mean that the government, it's, yes, it's controlled by the government, but it's not like the government's dictating your lives. They're helping certain aspects, which is right. what I feel like a government is supposed to do. Right. I mean, especially if we're paying taxes toward the government. So, you know, give us health care, give us reasonable housing and food and, and protect the infrastructure of the country. Yeah. I, I, I think I should be president. You should be. I would vote yeah, for you. I totally like, you know, because I really like thinking about all people and trying yeah. to figure out how to make their lives go better. And if their lives aren't going better, you know, then my life is not as good as it could be. That's mm. for sure. Like not from no, a scarcity that's what, that's mentality, from no. a true abundance mentality. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, uh, and what was I going to say to that? Well, the deficit's going to go really high under you. <laughs> oh, you think so? I don't, you know, I don't know. They spend much more money, especially related to medicine, because that's what I know yeah. a lot about. What I you don't know. understand, though, is, do they spend, does the government spend a ton of money on medicine and then just other people to like third parties and shit? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're constantly subsidizing the third parties in medicine, but also like, you know, what ends up happening is that the private HMOs end up don't taking the sickest people because what they're doing is they're funding the businesses. And so people mm-hmm. who can work generally are people who are reasonably healthy. Okay. And so the people who are most sick and the oldest people are the ones under the governmental insurance anyway. Hmm. So really to take on everybody else wouldn't be that much more because those yeah. are the people that... You know, so if if that money that's been paid into these HMOs could go into a, a you know, a government fund, you know, hmm. then we could have a really good healthcare system, you know, with lots of transparency and the ability, you know, for everybody to share information so that we're not repeating tests, we're not, you know, there's um, also programs to decrease the cost of the medications, to decrease the cost of the labs, just because you won't mm-hmm. have all this incentive, incentive to, you know, get large paybacks for certain so- things. So why do you think there is such fear over uh, universal health care or government-controlled health care system? Well, well, I think because this is the first thing you said. You're like, well, you know, the, the deficit's going to be really big under me, you know, and I don't think it's going to really be big mm-hmm. under me, that's for sure. You just so try I think, to reallocate. 
Right, right. So I think that people think that, you know, that it'll cost too much money and we don't have the funding for it, number one. Number two, they still are looking for there to be disparities for people that some people will have and some people won't. And they want to make sure that the people they don't want to be around I, end up in the poor clinics versus the, the private doctor's office clinics. No, I get that. But I'm not talking about like people, like higher up people or like well off people. I'm talking about poor Republicans necessary fairly who don't seem to have the idea that this is a possibility because I'm assuming it would benefit them as well. Totally. I mean, I think social programming happens a lot in these poor rural areas. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it's just confusing for me why mm -hmm. they're not looking for, you know, the best social programming. But I think it is a way to, you know, decide that the resources or tell people that the resources would not be available to them if they gave too much to the other side. So it's just really there is a kind of, fear of that, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But the there thing, is enough. Like that's the thing is that there's enough, and I want everyone to have enough, or at least the basic. You know, mm -hmm. like let everybody have at least the basic components of yeah. you know living a a good, res respectable to yourself life with a mm -hmm. you know place to live and a place to shower and a place to eat and good food. Like it's just it's so mind-boggling to me where we just don't think that everybody deserves that and if they don't mm -hmm. get it it's their fault like their, their personal fault yeah the other thing i've heard is uh one of my friends said how would doctors be paid if that was the case if there was a universal health care they'd be paid they by get the a salary they get yeah. salary yeah, and totally. they probably get a pretty good salary, to be honest. It would be enough. I mean, there are so mm. many different countries that have, we've got so many examples yeah. of socialized and different structures of it. You and know, it's many, a lot many better. Right. And at least everybody has enough. And everybody will give you mm -hmm. the example where they waited how many years for this particular thing. But here people wait all the time. Yeah. But they're like forgetting about people waiting for share. Right? And then they're yeah. like, oh, no, my hospital bills. I don't like what? Mm. It's not. I mean, you voted for the guy you uh. <laughs> yeah kind of yeah i mean it's want. right right and i think we should just keep going you know as far as possible in order to make sure that like mm -hmm. you know i don't like this idea of welfareism like just give everybody a little bit you know and then you could rip it apart and you know administer it to death you know like really just do it and see what happens you know maybe it'll be a mess for a while mm -hmm. but, do you also think that if you reallocated if you did have a universal health care, there are people who are making a ton of money in the uh, current, the ton of money in the private healthcare industry, the government won't have to subsidize them anymore. And so there will be more funding available either for paying doctors or increasing medical services and stuff. Totally. Absolutely. Right. You know, it wouldn't mm -hmm. take that much more. And then, you know, AOC always talks about the plan where she's, you know, taxing a certain percentage of people who make over a certain amount of money and that would have paid for it directly. I mean, she went through the plan and she's always very, you know, very thoughtful about what she says and how she yeah. is talking about allocating money. So tax brackets are really confusing for a lot of people. I think they don't understand. Like, let's say Biden's plan, he wants to tax people over $400,000. Uh, it's only the money over the $400,000 that gets taxed. Right. Everybody thinks higher, it's right? a whole thing. But, you know, if you give me a good universal plan and you give me you know, great infrastructure for the country. And I know that everybody would be housed, tax me the 60%. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Honestly. It's a lot of I'm, money. It's a lot of money, but I'm not working any harder than anybody else. I don't feel that's like true. I work any harder than that person that's busting their hump at McDonald's. Like, mm -hmm. seriously. You went for an interview yesterday at Lowe's. I think you're going to be working damn hard. Yeah. Why should I be making more money than you? 
I mean, people place some value over your knowledge, education. There's not as many people available for the job that you do. That is the case. Now, I don't think, I, I, I don't think that means that people shouldn't be paid a livable wage. I think people 100% should be paid a livable wage because you never know what happened to that person. And the minimum wage, even if it's $15, I'm pretty sure, there's how many states that don't support a minimum wage? There's tons of states. A lot of rural, rural states um, uh, have lower minimum wages and it doesn't support what people need. You can't, like, isn't the national minimum wage still like $7? Yeah. Crazy, right? And it's up to states to enforce. They can enforce whatever minimum wage they want. Yeah. But, no, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Really wild. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> oh, my God. We're in. What's your new and good? I didn't my know new and good. Yeah, I, I was thinking. My new and good. My new and good is that, uh, well, my mom sent me. It's my birthday on Wednesday. And my mom sent me this Woo-hoo! excellent present. Uh, I don't know where you found this. It's called Spoonful of Comfort. Not sponsored. I probably shouldn't say it, but you know, Spoonful of Comfort. Maybe really, they'll sponsor us. It's a really interesting concept. I actually like it a lot. Mm. Uh, I wish it was a little colder because mm. the soup is, it says put in the fridge and eat in three to five days, and it's pretty nice outside. So mm. <laughs> won't mm. get the cozy soup, but um, uh, it's oh, a pretty so good funny. idea. It comes with a thing of soup, a box of cookies this is the vegan option uh i was wondering because the cookies had chocolate chips i was wondering if, if it was just a veggie soup or a vegan bo- vegan soup or a vegan box I was wondering. it was totally a vegan box yeah, yeah. uh there are dinner rolls mm-hmm. there's a large packet of soup and there's a coloring book and there's messages written all outside the box let me see if i could get one i i got you some quick. socks too so and socks some- they're really comfy socks <laughs> cozy i saw socks. them cozy <laughs> socks they're really cozy present. i don't know where you found this thing <laughs> i looked really hard i spent yeah. a long time well, because you had said like oh god i didn't make anything i didn't make any food and you've been cooking every day like i'm so impressed at how much you cook well, except when, when you're I'm, eating right yeah when, when you're I'm, working when i'm busier it's harder for me to cook mm-hmm. like um uh, when when i'm like not with schoolwork, but when I'm busy doing a lot of things, uh, it's hard. Uh, what we, um, uh, like yesterday, I didn't really have time to cook. I was busy the entire day. Uh, the only time I would have had to cook is at eight, which I guess I could have done. I have an eggplant that I need to make something with, mm. but I, I cook. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the issue. A lot of people have with cooking and being vegan for that matter is they feel they need a lot of time if they're working a full day and stuff. To do that now, I could probably plan ahead a little better in meal prep, like when I do have time, which I would look forward to do in the future. But it's not like I'm worried about having food and shit. I mean, you could definitely have the vegan fast food too if you want to get like those vegan slices and throw it on some bread. You know, I mean, you just like you like food. I also feel like that's more expensive. Mm. The vegan slices are more expensive than regular slices and other stuff. Right, other than like non-vegan bologna or something. Let me get Mm -hmm. one of the well because. The not the cheap deli meat is the worst cut of animal you're gonna get. Mm, like the combination I, of everything bad. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like when I was in Iceland, we ate terribly. I lost a <laughs> shit ton of weight because we barely ate. Iceland is one of the most is the most expensive country in the world. I'm pretty sure. Uh huh. Was that when you were traveling around? That's when I was traveling around. Yeah. Yeah. Iceland, you have to tell people about that. Scandinavian that countries. Yeah, that was awesome. Scandinavian countries are well, some of the happiest countries and some of the most expensive countries, but they also have some of the highest wages and they have some of the highest taxes. But mm. everybody in the country seem extremely happy. And 
I mean, Fox, uh, conservatives talks here. Like, I saw Fox News talking about how Denmark was failing and a ton of Danish politicians. Like, back, people that live there don't realize that the cost of living is so high because they get paid a fair wage. Mm. They get paid livable wages, and so they don't have to worry about that. It's when they go to other countries or when other people go to their country that people are like, oh, my God, this is so expensive. This is such a high cost of living. But when everybody's paid a fair wage... And everybody, you know, is doing that. And it helps the economy when everybody's paid a fair wage because you have more people going out shopping, going to local businesses, being able to. And that helps a lot. Right. And they have a socialized healthcare program there too, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about, oh, if I go to the hospital, this spill is going to be so expensive. Oh. The disaster shouldn't ruin your life. Mm. You can go to the hospital for freak accidents and you'll be in mountains of debt. Mm-hmm. So true. Like you have to worry about that here. That's for sure. Why do you, why do we have to worry about that so much? Shouldn't our health and we rely on our health for so much. If you're not healthy, odds are you can't find a job. Maybe you could do a desk job or something, but there are lots of jobs. It's interesting how a lot of like the lower paying jobs or less people consider less skilled jobs are the ones that require the most labor. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm assuming was set up that way. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And that's why they considered the wages lower for that. Mm-hmm. Too. That's probably yeah. true, too, because they've always viewed that as people working underneath. But right. Anyways, right. I'm going to run. I'll be back in a second to get my spoonful of comfort box. I am very I'll, excited. I'll take a picture and put it on Instagram. That would be good. Uh, maybe so no I got sponsors. a good gift for the first time. Yeah, you I'm got a good gift. I mean, gift giver. it's it's interesting i like it. i was surprised i'm like what is this i never got this i was so confused i'm like why why would i get it looked like it was meal prep it looked like it was one of those like blue apron type things i was gonna like, send a blue apron type thing but you're already doing so well with prepping your meal i don't i don't want blue apron that just yeah, feels like so. those those just feel like not as good this seems like somebody took the time to come up because this is a great gift i feel like for people that are away because what you want a lot of people love comfort. It's a easy, especially in the winter time when you don't see people as much. When you totally are, during this COVID mm-hmm. quarantine this COVID time, quarantine. yeah, yeah, totally spoonful of comfort. Well, I was looking around because Adam's going to be twenty-one, and everybody mm-hmm. thought, well, you should send him some alcohol. It turns out I don't drink, and yeah. I haven't drank in about twenty years. I mm-hmm. have made a commitment to you know to feel all my feelings and not to you know kind of numb whatever. And Adam yeah. does drink, which is fine. But mm-hmm. I was not going to be sending him any alcohol. And that's okay. There are many <laughs> ways to get alcohol that does not require my mom sending me Right, alcohol. that's so true. That would be like me sending you drugs you or something like that. that. I'd rather you do that. No, no freaking way. So anyway, but 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 we are gamblers, that's for sure. And we, we are gamblers. Poker, so we're well, looking to find poker's a poker game. kind of gambling. I feel kind like of poker, sort of. I yeah. feel like poker's gambling but you have some sort of control there is at least one a little element of control in your actions in poker in other games as much as you might think there's control there is absolutely no control right that's true in roulette you kind of have control of where you place it but it's completely random where the fuck that thing is going to land i feel like that is game i feel like slot machines you have no control that is so true i I, I view it higher craps i don't know Craps, you have a little more control. I like craps, you know. I mean, I like to bet against, but for, you know, whether I can play. I mean, you've got a lot more in play with craps, but again, Mm -hmm. it's still, you know, a lot more luck than poker. Poker has some skill. Blackjack is tough to say, I would say. 
Because because if you think about scale. it. A little bit. You know when to hit and when not to hit. And then no, no, no. You count ones and twos. What does that mean? You count cards. Oh, can you count no, cards? Nobody's ever letting me into a casino now if they hear this. But <laughs> Wait, how many uh, decks of cards are they? Are oh, they that's true. They, they have like eight decks of cards. That is true. Seriously? I mean, but we play, there's a drinking game called You Ride the Bus where you have to guess like what your card is going to be. So like the first, so, and I find it similar in the way that you're trying to predict and count cards of what's coming out. I mean, instead of losing money, you just drink when you're wrong. But so like the first round goes. And how and, could you ever be right? That's crazy. Yes, you can. Well, I, drinking, I was right a lot. Forget. You were right about what's going to come out? Yeah, it was really good that last time anyways. So the first time is red or black. You get a 50% chance. Oh. So God. usually you put, put um, uh, whatever the card in front of you is not. Mm. Because theoretically, there's a higher chance of what color is not already out. Right. You're talking about, like, so you've already seen how many reds and blacks have come out. Yeah. So early on in the game, people are drinking a lot. Oh, no, no, no. But you still only have a 50% chance. You actually have a higher than 50% chance if you go second or near the end. If you go second, you have a 26 and 51 chance, which is higher than 50%. But the first person that comes out, you know, you've got Has a, a general 50% chance. Right. And then right. the second card is higher or lower. Mm. And on the first card, you got the number. And right. based on that, based on the card you get. So, yes, yeah, sometimes you get unlucky and you get like an eight or a nine. Mm. That would be the worst card. An eight would probably be the worst, I would say. Because you got Wait. two through seven. And then you got nine through eight. So, probably Wait, eight. So, you're nine. saying higher or lower. I yeah. thought you said black or red. That was the first card. You get four cards. So you go around oh. a circle, everybody goes black or red. Oh, my God. And you come out. Yeah. So you can uh-huh. see what's in front of you. So it's kind of like card counting and shit. Mm, so mm. then at, the, at that point, you pick higher or lower, and then you choose in between or outside. Mm. And then lastly, you choose. What, what's in between two. or outside mean? If I have an eight and a nine, I'm probably going to pick, think that the next card is outside the two cards I already have. Right, right, right. So, like, it. so it's well, not that there's skill cards. involved, but there's, there's, you have probable chances of doing stuff at least in blackjack it's not you get your cards you lose you win mm. right right that's whereas true. in roulette you spin the wheel you lose you win because if you take scratch offs or slot machines on one side and this is the argument i was reading about in the book um there's the, which the, book the, the, what? The, yeah, book? The, the biggest bluff book the biggest oh. bluff book oh, oh, right? Right, right how she right. was talking about the game theory book by i think it's john newman Mm. advanced game card game theory or something Mm -hmm. which got her into poker she uh he was talking about how there's two sides of gambling if you take one side being slot machines or roulette or something that's entirely chance Mm. and the other side being chess where there's no chance i mean yeah there's certain openings and yeah there's certain skill like you play differently every game but chess there's there are algorithms that will tell you the perfect move there you can find the best move well, I've been watching the Queen's Gambit on your recommendation. Yeah, I loved it. And, oh my God, that was so fantastic. I've been, you know, kind of getting through. I'm so sad it's going to be over soon. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about like specific types of play. Yeah. You know, so there are, you know, we're going to do this particular, the Sergey or the whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. You know? The book that she reads that the first reads is advanced chest openings or advanced chess openings or something. Mm-hmm. And there are set ways to play. And yeah, there are certainly set ways to play openings. But then mm-hmm. once you get done with the opening, this is like the best way to develop pieces and stuff. You still have to play the rest of the game where there's a number of moves. I suck at chess. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm totally not. I've been good at thinking chess. like, like I, I, can't I, I used to play one or but, two. Yeah, you I did. used to play chess. I actually mm-hmm. went to a national tournament in chess, not because I was any good, but because my team was going and anybody could go. Was that was in, in Tennessee? Tennessee? Yeah, it was yes. in Tennessee. That a really nice hotel. It was, it was pretty cool. Mm. It was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, uh, How did you do in, in that tournament? I won like two games, I think. That's pretty good. I yeah, I mean, so bad. I think I more moved around pieces than really thought I had. Mm. I wasn't no, ch- I was no chess prodigy. Yeah, but <laughs> it's really I, I I mean I've gotten back into chess now. Like I like watching like the YouTube videos of like the really famous chess games. I'm like, oh, well, I have no idea what they're doing, but these guys are really smart, and this is why they do that. I'm like, huh. Interesting. Interesting. What's with the what's with the drug thing in her? Like, what was that helpful to? I, I don't want to give uh, away the plot of this particular. It's a really, I, that's, really that's great part show of the Netflix. reason why I thought you would be interested in it too, because mm. it's mm. a great coming of age story and like her dealing. So, the drug thing is she just got hooked. I mean, it's it's about. I think it's similar to how prescription painkillers will lead to opioid addiction. I mean, she didn't lead to any other type of drug addiction, but she was addicted to these pills. Right, and alcohol too. She would binge drink, that's for sure. And alcohol, yeah, later in the yeah, show, not when she yeah. was in. But, but it started when she was young, and right. it's part of how they were medicating kids in the orphanage, which is ridiculous. Wait, but there was something thing. about when she took the sedative, she could see things in ways that she couldn't see them before. Drugs are a magical thing. <laughs> it depends on the drug. They do very different things. So yeah. a sedative... You know, it's really for people who are trying mm-hmm. to, you know, like, you know, trying to calm themselves down, you know, like cocaine and drugs like that are for people who want to yeah. expand themselves and feel really like powerful and good. You know, ecstasy are for people who are looking for a tribe and generally are pretty lonely. You know, I mean, it's really like all of mm-hmm. these drugs are usually taken for different reasons. They talk about like when is when is gin drunk, you know, gin is drank at like, you know, five o'clock a gin and tonic and the reason why people were drinking gin and tonics is because the tonic water had quinine in it which kind of helped against the mosquitoes and so when the sun was going down the mosquitoes would come out and that quinine helped them so there were reasons medicinal reasons why people were doing these drugs Mm -hmm. they just do it in the wrong doses you know they do it Hmm. in these high doses that get them really sick and addicted yeah was it um uh, she well for her she she ended up getting addicted. What happened is, it's actually interesting. I was watching a YouTube video about the final game. Mm. Um, um, and she plays in there. It's based on a real game. A lot of the games are based on real games. Interesting. Uh, but they start with real games and then use chess algorithms and like ridiculously amazing chess players to mm. finish off differently and have high quality games. Wow. What, uh, what is interesting is there's a chess player who the last game was based on Mm. who looks at the ceiling during matches oh, and does so something similar. Now, I don't know if he's playing the game in the ceiling and stuff, but. Mm. Mm. Like, I mean, do you think they're bordering just, on, they're bordering on genius, genius and psychosis? Like I think the two mm-hmm. are kind of. They're, they're, they seem interlinked. Yeah, totally. It's so fascinating. It, there, there's so much going on in, in her head. It seems like that. Mm. I mean, but it seems like this produces more in her head, mm. you know, or it like really puts it out there, but it helps her a uh-huh. lot. You're talking about Not the drug that, itself. The drug. The drug itself. Right, right, right. At least she thinks that she finds that it helps her. I she took it that one time and she could see something. You mm-hmm. know, she liked the way it felt and then she could envision something. Yeah. So clearly yeah. there was something that was comforting, you know, for her to see. Mm-hmm. You know, confusing because I'm not sure how that particular medication did. You know, it's not like a, 
you know, like a hallucinogenic or anything like that, but, you know, somehow her mind could calm down enough and stay clear enough to do whatever she was doing in her head. Mm -hmm. so, pretty wild though. It you is know. pretty wild. Yeah. And she, uh, wild. drugs, drugs are interesting. Well, Oregon right now passed a law. I don't mm -hmm. know if you saw that de decriminalizing all drugs. Mm. Uh, that Pretty totally much. makes sense to me. Yeah. That Oregon would. So it's oh, really interesting. Not necessarily Oregon, just to, in general to decriminalize drugs. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's really interesting, actually. Uh, they practically legalized uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Mm. Mm. Uh, I haven't really seen any health effects for psilocybin mushrooms. I don't know. Or adversaries. I'm sure it's not the best. Anytime you take a psychedelic, obviously something happens in your mind. Mm. Um, I mean, anytime you do anything, I mean, you and I have constantly be talking about marijuana, but, you know, I mean, people take marijuana mostly because they're bored, you know, and they want to chill out, you know, but really that it's been long time, long term studies about memory loss, mm. you know, about lack of motivation, and then lots of urinary incontinence. I sent it there. Like, these are just, you know, studied side effects of this particular, you know, drug. It's not that everybody gets them. So, but... Yeah, but that is just something to think about. It's, like it, it's it's never a zero sum game. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's it? Yeah. Well, that, that's anything. I feel like alcohol also has similar totally effects. I think marijuana. I don't know how it happened. The marijuana got separated from alcohol when they seem so similar to me. In terms Actually, of legalization, like I think they yeah. should all be legal. Like I don't get this. In Obviously, the alcohol made certain people money, and it was part of certain rituals. So yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find the article. I was on the New York Times. I've been reading a lot of the New York Times. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to get... Um, uh, I've, I've been trying to get my information from... Stop looking at social media as much and get my information from other places, which is really hard. And so the New York Times, I mean, we got, we've got gotten it forever. And it, it's a, I feel like it's still very reputable. Yeah. Times. Daddy loves the Times. He likes mm -hmm. things in print too. Like we yeah. always have the newspaper at home. Mm -hmm. When you guys were homeschooling, that was part of the homeschool like curriculum. You know, yeah, curriculum. We would cut out different articles from different sections and file them places, and we would take out an article a day, mm -hmm. go through it, and that was pretty much it. We had like the best time homeschooling. And we were eating out a lot. We were playing Top Chef. Yeah. We were. We were playing Top Chef. That was a lot of fun. So I much think, fun. I think people worry about the decriminalizing of drugs that it will increase likelihood that people will do hard drugs and i think that's just false i think that as long as there's proper information out there what the drugs can do to you decriminalizing anything doesn't make it happen much less it makes the it makes it harder to get treatment it makes it harder to do it safely is what i find you're talking about criminalizing or or criminalizing stuff right exactly you um, know? Uh, totally. which is why in the past when they focused i mean i wasn't alive then I, and I don't know how the public perception was so focused on the war on drugs. I mean, I saw that Nixon, I think they put that was a Republican Party push that really put in the limelight, but people really seem taken to the war on drugs being drugs being criminal. I don't know how right, that it just boosted happened. up. I, I mean, it, it didn't it start or, you know, it, it got really big during the crack ep epidemic and it was yeah. mostly in the poor neighborhoods. It mm -hmm. was, again, to target, you know, poor black and brown people. No, yeah. But, but I mean, you were, you were alive then. You were, that was, how was that? Was that the 90s or? Yeah, earlier? it was the 80s and 90s. 80s yeah. and 90s? Awful, awful, awful. Did you, um, uh, did you see, were you able to see public perception change? 
Totally. You know, it's just that that whole idea about the crack mother and the crack babies. I mean, it was just like, Mm. it was was crazy. And then, you know, they were, that's when they, they could do the stop and frisk. That's when they could do the search without warrant. They were seizing property all over the place. They were stealing, stealing from, you know, that's how the police department were somehow Mm -hmm. kind of padding whatever their pockets were, but, you know, seizing property from, you know, people that they got wind of. And a lot of people were saying that they had just gotten wind that some people had had money and they were seizing property and never getting the property back. They seized the properties on very small, like, bases. And you could get it, you could, like, frame it in any way you want once you already get it. Like, once, if you go in unlawfully, but you find drugs, you're looking for red herring and shit, you find it, oh, shit, suddenly it's kind of justified? Yeah. Like, there's no reason to. Anyway, so they did criminalize small amounts of cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, and other drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, New Jersey, South Dakota, Montana, and Arizona passed record laws for recreational marijuana. So I'm going to be going to your parents often. Uh, <laughs> they live right next to New Jersey. I mean, I think decriminalizing marijuana is great. I feel like, I mean, I personally, I understand that there, I haven't, that there might be some studies that long-term use, but I feel like it doesn't really take away them. Does it really lose that many brain cells? I feel like it doesn't. I, I feel think like you don't know which brain cells you're losing. Like, honestly, like if you, if you have the opportunity to not, you know, put yourself at risk that way, then, you know, maybe there's a way to figure out how to, you know, relax and have a good time and really have a ton of fun or just chill without it. You know? I mean, yeah, but I feel like marijuana enhances it. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I can definitely do that, but I also enjoy smoking marijuana and i feel like it enhances the situation i am it, to me i i get really connected when i'm on when i smoke marijuana so I know how a lot can of you get do really connected oh i can do that smoking. regardless right so i I'm just, just enjoy that you get smoking marijuana right you enjoy it and that's fine I, and know, i feel just, like there's just know a, that there are side effects side effects to anything well that's true but you know it is a drug that alters your mind and there's a side effect to that i mean that's just the reality at least be honest with yourself about it i mean a little bit i don't feel like it's that dangerous i feel like the, i feel like the studies on long-term effects aren't there there haven't been have there been a lot of studies on the long-term yes, effects? there's totally studies mm. like i said i was looking it up for you because that's what mamas do mm-hmm. i mean I'll especially mama doctors yeah. I, I will look into it more i feel like i i just don't I haven't seen it have as adverse effects on people as alcohol and. Oh, totally. I'm not. I'm not justifying alcohol. I mean, I don't, I don't drink again, either. when I yeah. try, when you try to justify marijuana use by saying it's not as bad as alcohol, you're basically saying, yeah, it still sucks, but mm-hmm. my other vices are, you know, it's better than my other vices, which absolutely is never I'm, a justification for anything. I'm right with you. Like so, and, and like I said, I, it's not like I haven't had my, you know, my share of. Yeah, that's for sure. I think marijuana is is a small evil. I I don't even <laughs> know if it's th- that much of an evil. I think also it's not addictive from what I can tell. I know mm. people that have had some of their life like not eh, it kind of has ruined a couple people's life in the way that they've gone off their rails either selling and not really pushing forward like to do other things or you know, like that, I think right. that's a hard thing. I think that's an easy thing with marijuana, actually, because it's so easy to sell for a lot of people. Yeah, well, that was the only money. choice they had. Absolutely. Not even because it's the only choice they have. It's just an easy way to make money for a lot of people, especially in college. Right. Well, that totally makes sense to me. I mean, you know, and that's why it doesn't make sense 
you know, to me, for people, like, first of all, the, the people that are in jail for marijuana related crimes need to be let they out. They need to be let out. Oh and and they should be given a job because we have screwed up their lives. And here we are deciding to make it legal for the benefit of whoever mm-hmm. we decided the benefit. I think they should more. stop drug testing for marijuana for job interviews as well. Thank jobs you. as well. I, uh, I mean, there's a whole philosophy on like, I think there needs to be a better way to integrate people who are, were incarcerated into mainstream society. It needs to be mm-hmm. more focused on rehabilitation than um, uh, prison because prison has such a negative connotation. I mean, even though they people are focused, the way prison is set up is meant to be punishment. It's punitive, it's yeah, punitive totally. yeah. which, which I understand why people would think people did something wrong and they should be punished. And yeah, there are certain people who should 100% go away forever. But I think there's a lot of people with nonviolent crimes or like first time offenses or like, like there might be situations now I'm saying it's possible and I never say it's right to shoot anybody and they are the ones the person pulling the trigger pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. We're learning about existentialism in my intro to philosophy class. It's their choice. You exist. You pulled the trigger. You pulled the trigger. There are some people in certain situations where they feel like they were forced into pulling the trigger, either something about their family happening or something happened, and they might be good people. Now they did. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's bad to kill people. That's probably what I should say. But okay, I feel like so, certain, so we're know, talking about the, the prison industrial complex. Yeah, the prison and, industrial complex. And there has to right. be a better way to rehabilitate people and to find a way to get jobs so they don't go back into the prison industry because it's hard for people coming out of prison to get jobs. Right, absolutely. I mean, that, all that's of where their rights it. are taken away. That's totally. where I should leave it. No, yeah. you're totally right about that. I was you thinking know, so, like, But we were talking yeah. about marijuana. Marijuana. Then, you know, especially but, but, in the 70s. Wasn't that during the Rockefeller yeah. or 70s, 80s, 90s? What, yeah, but that, that's what happens with a lot of people. Mm. with um uh, what's it called yeah that happens with the what am i saying people a lot of people in jail are for marijuana laws or for drug laws or for nonviolent crimes right totally that's how i, I got completely here. agree with i you. was thinking yeah. that people some people have like who have done violent crimes have also been forced kind of into the situation possibly but they were the ones who pulled the trigger but i feel like there's always a list of reasons why people do shit you know what i'm saying right right so do we you decide to why to attack the individual or do mm-hmm. we, you know, make society somehow responsible as well? I think yeah. That's, yeah. That's an interesting yeah. thing. I mean, I think that the rehab component of it is really fun. It needs to be better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, in Oregon, uh, small amounts of what have been considered harder drugs, which is uh, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, though they doesn't seem to decriminalize crack, which kind mm. of, which is kind of discrimination. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, what would you think so? I mean, it used to be, I know that crack was really high in inner cities and poor black communities or poor yeah. people, person of color communities. I don't know if it's still high. It might be. I don't know the. Not quite as high. As it it's not quite as Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, even if they still don't decriminalize crack, whether they decriminalize cocaine and right. heroin, yeah. that feels kind of discriminatory to me. I don't know. I think you're totally right. I think that I it's, it's obviously not being decriminalized for a reason. I mean, crack yeah. is a wacky drug i had done it once it's pretty crazy oh god <laughs> yeah no i and you know i was young and i was kind of manipulated into trying it you know uh. and it, what they talk about it is they call it freebasing cocaine you know and so what you do is you you know you you're turning it into this kind of liquid crystalline form and then inhaling mm-hmm. it 
and the hive is like so incredibly intense, but it's really fast and you come down like a ton of bricks. Yeah, I can you imagine. Know? Oh my God, it was crazy. Like the level up imagine. and the level down. And you could see why people are looking for those highs again. So, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty wacky. Very and addictive. Very addictive. addictive. Yeah, uh, I got totally terrified after that. But they are, uh, so the law, of, uh, so basically the possession of small amounts Mm-hmm. It's going to be decriminalized, but I think you get a fine, like a traffic ticket or something. Mm, mm, interesting. Uh, well, you know, that's an interesting personal. thing, those tickets, you know, mm-hmm. because I have patients, you know, my patients are all homeless. Yeah. You know, they get tickets that they obviously can't pay. They and can't then if you've got a certain amount of tickets, then there's a warrant out for you. Oh, so then you become, you know, then you get picked up and taken in for not paying your tickets. That's ridiculous. Yeah. How do they expect yeah. these people to pay for their tickets? Right. Well, they expect them to do it. Like they don't. They don't discriminate who who's able and who's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which, they end up in jail. Well, I mean, what yeah. you were saying with a lot of some of your patients with hospital bills and stuff. Well, you oh, can't yeah. pay it. Your debt's not going to get any better. So. Right. So my <laughs> patients actually just bring their hospital bills to me. Yeah. You know, and then we just pretty much rip them up. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> you got I mean, it. They, I guess you're not going to have credit, but I'm you're not, never going to own anything ever. Credit doesn't make a difference. Right. That right, point. Right, right. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's happening. And they say that the law funds drug addiction treatment for marijuana, also funds drug addiction treatment for marijuana sales tax. And I guess they might also put the the fines as well towards like addiction treatment, which I think mm. is good. There needs to be more effort on addiction treatment, though it is kind of crazy how right now we're all focused on addiction treatment, whereas 30 years ago, we were all focused on putting people in prison. Right, right, right. So now, you know, it's the the disease of drug yeah. addiction, whereas before it was a war. And on... it feels like this really started with the opioid addiction in the exactly. suburbs, this whole yeah. shift. I yeah. don't know. And it's interesting too, how a lot of this, a lot of the most pressing points that Donald Trump put out in his debates that I agree with was about Biden's 94 crime law. And he helped write that. And the 94 crime law was terrible. Yeah. Granted, he also admits the fact that he called for the execution of the Central Park Five in a full, a full page double sided ad, mm. which he knowingly omitted from his argument. Mm. But he is still right that Biden has made mistakes and is not a great person. Yeah, no, I think Biden is is a, a pretty racist guy as well. Yeah. Like I've, you know, so my friend, so like I said, I was not happy to only get that choice. And I felt, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting where people like didn't even want to discuss it with me because I said, you know, I, I'm going to vote for him. It's not like I'm not because we definitely need more than two parties and we don't have it, but this is what we got. Technically and, have more than two parties. Right. Well, yeah, I, no, I, I voted for him on the working families party. Platform. I did as well. I did Yay. as well. We did not vote. I didn't. I think I voted for one Democrat when the Working Family Party didn't have anybody on the ticket. Mm. Probably should have voted Libertarian. No, nah, I don't really want to vote Libertarian, <laughs> but I don't know who else. There's, it's interesting. The Libertarian Party tends to take away Republican voters, and so that actually, I think, helped Biden a lot this time in uh-huh, some maybe. states. If you look at Pennsylvania, actually, if you look at Pennsylvania, right, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, it's really close right now. And if Biden wins Pennsylvania, he goes over the top. Biden right now in Pennsylvania is up by 28K. Mm, wow. Right? Wow. 28,000, which is incredible because he was down by so much. Mm. Whereas if you look at uh, where is Pennsylvania? 
Uh, Are you looking at the libertarian results. vote? I'm trying to look at the libertarian vote because last I checked, I re- if I remember, Joe Jorgensen, who is the libertarian president, I feel like he's been the libertarian candidate for a long, long time. Uh, I feel like they can only like find the, one candidate. I don't know, but it feels <laughs> like she's been in a lot of um uh, ones. Mm. How do I get Pennsylvania results? I want I want the Pennsylvania results. Mm. You know, Daddy went to um, he went as a poll watcher to a small Pennsylvania town just to make sure that there was no yeah. suppression. That was really good. He left there at like four thirty no, in the morning. It went smoothly. The only lawsuit Trump it seems like has won so far is um, uh, ah here we go Pennsylvania president Joe Jorgensen had seventy seven thousand votes. Wow, which is equivalent to one percent. Right mm-hmm. now. Joe Biden leads by 28,800. Wow. Now, libertarians, I think, are very focused on the Constitution mm. and stuff. I think that's what, that's what there is, and they're more conservative in that way. Mm. And I think they probably vote Jorgensen, and they more align with Republican means. But Donald Trump is just trying to be authoritative, which I think is the opposite of what libertarians want. So that's Yeah, they don't want government out. involvement at all. Yeah, yeah, which is the opposite, of, which is part of the reason why I don't think, I think it would have been really hard for him to get their vote. Mm. But, you know, it's interesting that 77,000 was libertarian. There's also 10,000 write-ins in that state, which... Oh, interesting. Jesus. I wrote myself in. You wrote yourself in? I'm, I'm all for <laughs> not, that. Not for I'm president. I'm all for that. I'm all for, for that. For, for judge. Because so, they gave you four choices and you only had to pick four. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. I'm just writing myself in for judge. I should have written you in, written you in too. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Imagine you just get elected as a judge off of like five write-in votes with your friends. Thank it's you. Like, hey, <laughs> now I'm here. I was, mm-hmm. I mean, I was talking to my friend Jeremy, who's like, we're, we're both studying to be engineers. And he's like, why the fuck are we doing this? We should have been lawyers and politicians. I'm like, I agree with you, but I could not do the traditional path to being a lawyer or politician. Because I could not, A, sit through law school and B, I was reading like about the Supreme Court and when they when they like try to choose to preside over the case, they have to write like a 50 page dissent or something. I'm like, I can't write a 50 page dissent. What oh the God. fuck do I have to write about for 50 pages? Right. Like, right, this right, is right. why I want this case. I think that this case is important because it has this implications. Why the fuck do I have to write 50 pages on that? So true. Yeah. You don't oh, like no. to write either. I hate to write. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. But I mean, that's I, why I went into medicine. I can't stand writing. You know, I'm in homeopathy mm-hmm. school right now, and I'm supposed to write philosophy papers. I have yeah. failed every philosophy paper. Oh, I love writing philosophy papers because I just spew well, about RC and about existential. With the last thing we were writing about, we're reading Sartre about existentialism as the humanism, how everything you make is a choice. I'm like, oh, this is similar to. I basically just take what he says, try to write what I think it means, uh-huh. and then create and then do a um uh, what's it called have you been doing well in that example. class oh, i do great in that class i have so much wow fun i want to wow. talk to the teacher just to talk like i don't need not that i need help and shit but i, I want to talk that. to the teacher do you like the teacher i mean yeah I, well it's asynchronous i haven't met her really oh uh-huh i mean she you met her nice online though. yeah uh-huh i did i did make i did mean no not even it's asynchronous like i've seen her uh she gives lectures and just post the lectures and that's it Oh, so she does a video yeah. and then she oh, does a video. Yeah. You should totally like videos. do office hours online with her. Yeah. And then the uh-huh. last thing about Oregon is they legalize psilocybin mushrooms. Uh-huh. So, Have you yeah. tried the psilocybin mushrooms? Uh, I've tried shrooms. Yeah. I love them. They're great. You love I, think, them. I think shrooms are good. I don't know as much about the adverse effects of them either. I mean, every time you take a salad, a psychedelic or a drug, it does alter your mind a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some people who really like, they, they legalize it for therapy. There are some people who are really big into the therapeutic aspects. 
mm, of drugs. Interesting. Which yeah. I think is a possibility. Mm. Uh, I mean, we were talking about MDMA relationship therapy previously. Yeah, I've been into looking more. into MDMA. Wait, what is it? MD- uh, MDMA, Molly. MDMA. Yeah, yeah, and it really like depletes your serotonin stores. Yeah. Like that's what it does. It's like a mm-hmm. poof of serotonin and then you just feel so good and high and ready to dance and love Mm -hmm. everybody and then you just get depressed you know so yeah it's a hard one it's a hard one to come back from yeah definitely uh Mm. so that's it i mean we've been talking for a while oh have we oh my god that went so fast it's been uh, almost 50 minutes wow we didn't (laughs) even get to your topic yeah so next week we're gonna talk about maybe so this week in court, maybe next week, mm. this week in the Supreme Court, they're arguing Philadelphia versus, I forgot the name of the Christian Adoption Agency. It's Philadelphia versus um, uh, Christian Adoption Agency. And that is a Supreme Court case. So there's a Catholic Adoption Agency, my bad, not Christian. I know Catholic and Christian are different things uh it's a roman catholic adoption agency it's mm-hmm. called fulton versus philadelphia and i was doing some research because i'm not entirely sure how the supreme court works and there's a very conservative majority and they're basically what's happening is they don't let same-sex couples adopt children mm. uh and so philadelphia was gonna stop giving them government funding and shit and so they were suing them and then a different christian adoption agency changed and Philadelphia sued and now they're suing back for religious freedom, which I'm not the most religious person, but AOC makes a good point. We'll talk about this next week, how religious freedom tends to be brought up in discriminatory ways. AOC Mm. said that, which Mm. I kind of agree with. Mm. A lot don't hear much because you are free to practice your religion. But a lot of these times the religious freedoms get disputed. It's over the discrimination of another group of people. Right. True. Which true, seems true, true. to be true. So we'll talk about this next week. And also I found this amazing article or interesting article, I will say, by the Marriage and Family Research Council, which is this heavily Christian conservative thing that I disagree with entirely. Ten reasons why same-sex couples shouldn't be married. We'll be commenting on that. And I'm doing some research on that. I also, from what I understand, I don't really think Jesus hated same-sex couples. This was an idea that came from somewhere and I don't know where. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like Jesus, you know, like he sounds yeah. like a really great guy, like a guy who, you know, was really interested in helping and loved unconditionally all vulnerable people, like, you mm-hmm. know, kind of on the, the, the outset of society, or at least, you know, people that are not in the, the main stream on the fringe. So that's I, I, I kind of liked him. I think he'd be rolling over in his grave if he saw what happened. I agree with that. So that's yeah. what we're going <laughs> to be doing uh, next week. Okay. Good, we'll and be stirring up the pot. We will be stirring up the pot a bit. I mean, I, I, we were going to do it this week. Let's see if we get to it next week. You and Let's I see if we get to it much. next week. Yeah, we yeah. did talk a lot today. Yeah, uh, true. I was also going to read the Spoonful of Comfort thing, so we'll end on that, I think. I mean, what are you looking forward to, actually? Uh, I, uh, I, have a, uh, I do this thing called reevaluation counseling, which is, you know, just a, you know, kind of a counseling thing where we do peer counseling and, and go over early whatever whatever's um, i won't mm-hmm. get into it now but i have a workshop this weekend for physicians. nice so physicians okay physicians yeah mm-hmm. oh, my it's so nice outside uh we're supposed to play frisbee today but one of my friends can't make it maybe i'll play some basketball i kind of want to go hiking i want to play dominion with one of my friends so oh. that'll be good do you have yeah, we dominion? have we have dominion up here but we've nice. never played it so i'm trying to find people to play it uh-huh, and 
let me see if I can find the back. Give me one second of the spoonful of comfort things. I remember they were like writing inspirational stuff on there. It looked uh-huh. like I haven't read it yet. So we'll see what they say. Oh, I definitely want to hear the inspirational stuff. You know, and Adam is going to be 21 while he's walking away for the spoonful of comfort stuff. But, uh, but I'm so excited that he was born and I'm glad that he's, you know, 21 and he's doing good and trying to live his best life. And so everybody wish him happy birthday. Sorry, yeah. I was talking about you while you were no, away. That's all good. That's perfect, actually. <laughs> mm. uh, nope, I don't really see anything. Uh, oh, here we go. The PDF online. Uh-huh. There's a PDF online, or if you want to buy the physical copy, I know some people really like physical copies. Right. And it's a really excellent book about. Do you want to set a time to do like a book club? I mean, I, we're reading, trying to read like a chapter every week or two. Mm-hmm, so if people cool. are interested, please reach out to me at ReluctantVeganSun at gmail.com or at ReluctantVeganSun on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's, right, a, cool. it's a really great book. All right. Uh, I, w- I want that link because I read it a long time mm-hmm. ago and I want to read it again with you guys. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, please remember to like and subscribe and rate if you can. Thanks, Thanks. so much. Bye. All right. Bye, everybody. Oh, did you, you know how to get in touch with you at ReluctantVeganSun? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye.